What is going on, my fellow Brainiacs? Welcome to another episode of the Brainiac Sports Lab podcast. I'm your host, Michael Potts. With us, as always, Shervon Fakimi. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing great. Uh, doing well. How'd you enjoy the draft last night? It was fun. The draft is always fun. I agree. I agree. The draft is always a great time. Love to see, I don't know, something about all the teams having a clean slate and watching the families and everyone be all happy. It's a, it's a good time. I, I always enjoy the draft. I, I feel like this year's NFL draft and NBA draft, I'm not sure if it's just that they're home and just surrounded by the their families, but I feel like the emotions on the players have just been been much more apparent and it's really cool to see just all these guys realizing their dreams and starting their professional journeys it's really cool really fun i agree i like that so th- this is this was kind of my i because i noticed the same thing Shervon, and i was wondering why that could be what it could be and one of the theories i have in my head is you know Maybe, you know, I just imagine that people had to, like, be, like, the tough guy, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Like, he couldn't show emotions and stuff. But I feel like now um, it's more, like, accept. you know, it's always been acceptable in my opinion. But um, people are, like, more open to showing their feelings and, like... I don't know. Like, I don't understand when people roast, like, on Twitter or stuff, like, for crying. It's like, what, what do you think? What, what, what do you expect? Yeah, I mean, that stuff always – you should be like, hey, Joel Embiid cried after he lost to the, to the Raptors. Like, yeah, I would too if I lost like that. Um, I think that's probably a part of it. I heard a possibility could just be that um, if these guys aren't going to actually go up and dap the commissioner, then, like, there's really nowhere else for them to go to escape that feeling of – that overwhelming feeling of emotion that comes up after you get drafted. So I like that. I like that. That's a good theory as well. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it, it, it was really cool to see. It was a great time. I hoped, uh, I hope everyone else listening got to experience that as well. Got to watch it. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to be covering obviously the draft. Uh, we're going to talk about some other NBA news. We're going to cover some football and lastly, we are going to end with our best bets of the weekend. Uh, before we start this episode, I want to say thank you, everyone, for the support for the launching of BrainiacSports.com. Um, it's been really awesome experience just having everyone support us and following us on Twitter at Brainiac underscore sports. Um, I mean, it's just been a great, a great experience. Yeah, it's been really cool to see, you know, people interact with us on the socials to once we once our our stuff drops for y'all to read or podcasts for y'all to listen to. We really do appreciate the support and we'll be we'll be churning out some more stuff for y'all. So this is only the beginning. Let's we're just getting started. A hundred percent tip of the iceberg. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like I said, check us out the website, BrainiacSports.com. Rate us on your podcast apps. Give us a five-star, you know, show us some love. You could just download it. You don't even have to listen to it. Just download the podcast. We'd appreciate that. 
Um, but yeah, so let's just jump right on into it. Shervon, for me, there is a clear winner of the draft. Uh, what is what was your favorite uh, pick made? I typically don't love the winners and losers like the day after the draft because oh we're doing no. It. I mean we we'll do it, but it, we it, we just have no clue who is going to be good, who's going to be bad, what's going to happen. But if we're going to go down this road, um, I think my favorite pick um, probably was Onyeka Okongwu to the Hawks at six. Oh, I love wow. that pick. I love the fit. I think that's just – they need defense there with Trey Young and John Collins. They're two franchise cornerstones, not exactly known for their defense. Well, here comes – I think the best rim protector in the draft uh, just come in, fit right in, and he'll make he'll make those two better. So that was that was my favorite pick early on. I also liked Avdia to the Wizards. He shouldn't have fell that far, but um, that was my pick. What was your favorite pick? So um, you mentioned them, um, uh, the Wizards. Uh, Denny, uh, how do you say the last name? Avdia. Avdia. Uh, I, man, I think he is the steal of the draft. I think he has a chance to be the best player in the draft. Uh, the fact that he was taken number nine is criminal that he was available. Um, I mean, I liked, I, so I'd say I liked that pick. Um, I thought it's interesting that your favorite or not your favorite, but you know, a good pick was the Hawks pick considering that that was my team last episode who needed to make a good pick. So that was good for them. Um, I also really like um, the Pistons selection taking Killian Hayes. Um, He's pretty good. A lot of buzz about Killian Hayes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the kid is a monster. Uh, he's six five, but he's got a six eight wingspan. He's a guard from France. Um, he's really young, so he's kind of raw. But I mean, he's got great playmaking, great passing, great vision. Um, and it's just it's interesting. They traded away uh, Luke Kennard, who I guess probably played pretty much the same position. Um, and it's just interesting to see. I mean, Kennard just did not really pan out for them, and it's interesting that they took. Uh, Canard over Malik. I mean, I would it'd be interesting to see how that would have went if uh, that happened. So Canard over um, Donovan Mitchell and True. Yeah. Uh, I believe Bam Adebayo as well. Yep, absolutely, hundred percent. Yes, not they great. did. Not yeah, great. not great. So hopefully, Killian Hayes turns it around for them. I've um, heard a lot of people compare him to uh, D'Angelo Russell. Manu Ginobili, even some James Harden. We got to we got to compare that lefty to other lefties. Oh, have but, to. Um, um, that's usually how the, these draft uh, comparisons go. But that dude's got game, and he's gonna get. He's gonna have all the time in the world to experiment over in Detroit because they're not gonna be very good, and they're gonna be a really young team. They drafted three guys in the first round. I like their other selections as well. They Their second first-round pick, which they got from Houston, which Houston got from Portland in the Covington trade. They took Isaiah Stewart of Washington as center. 
that dude plays hard all the time. He's I think he's going to pan out pretty well. I I would like to see that two man game of Killian Hayes and Stewart. I think they can make some nice magic over there. And then Sadiq Bay, the classic the classic Villanova guy who gets taken way too late. And then all of a sudden, a month into the year, into the season, uh, all these NBA guys are like, wait, who is this Sadiq Bay guy? He's pretty good. So I like I like the Pistons draft. I like the Hayes pick as well. Hey, I agree with you. Uh, on the other end of the scale, who who did you were you underwhelmed with with their draft? Underwhelmed. Um... That's kind of that's kind of tough. I don't really feel like a a major way with anyone's draft, particularly. Um, it is kind of interesting that uh, the Knicks took Obi Toppin over Avdia. That seemed that seemed like a pick many Knicks fans did not agree with. Which is seemingly t- typically par for the course for any draft with Knicks fans. Um, I think Obi Toppin could could uh, live up to the expectations of being taken eighth, but that was a bit interesting to see Avdia there, this guy that t- seemingly is a better fit, uh, or could be a more more complete player than Toppin. To see, and he's younger. To see him, uh, to see the Knicks take top, and there was an interesting move, to say the least. I'll go with that one. Okay, I like that one. I like that one. I do like um, Toppin, but it just—I probably would have taken Avdia personally. I, I'd say I agree. Um, I like Toppin a lot. Um, you know, he's a New York kid. Um, so it's cool to see a guy get to go to like his home team, you know? Um, and also one of the things, there's two things that get me every single time. It's when a quarterback is a baseball player as well, because I just believe that it helps with the arm angles and the throwing. And like, you look at Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Brady, there's definitely been some guys that have played both and, um, that that are pretty damn good quarterbacks. And then this sorry about that guys. We had a little audio issue. Uh should be okay now. But back to what we were saying, um, I like Obi Toppin. I think he's a great player. Um from New York. I like to see kids go uh to where they're from. You know, it's cool to see the hometown kid. Um and the thing one of the things that always gets me, Shervon, is when a kid plays guard his whole life and then grows in high school, and then they're a big man, like Anthony Davis, you know. So that happened to Top, and he grew seven inches in um, high school. So that's just that's just something that I like a lot. Wait, wait, Anthony Davis was a guard in high school? Yeah, who, who's ever heard uh, that I, before, never heard, right? never, I never heard that one before. Yeah, right, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I do I – like, I like Toppin as a player. I think he could um, – I think he'll end up being a, a very good player. Um, I just, I it was interesting that they made that choice. That's, that's how that's how I'll put it. 
I still okay. think he, I think he could be a really good player. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Of course. I just think Denny, Denny probably I don't think would have been available to them, in like normally how mocks and stuff went down. So it was kind of surprising to see them that see that they passed on him. I honestly couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he fell that far. Part of me kind of likes the picks seven, eight, nine better than four, five, six. Like, I like Killian Hayes, Obi Toppin, and uh, Denny Devia or whatever, um, kind of better than Wiseman Edwards and, or excuse me, Patrick Williams, uh, Okoro, and then Okungwa. Okongwu? How do you say o- that? O- Okongwu. Okongwu. Yeah, he's going to make me regret not knowing his name correctly. <laughs> it's a guaranteed 30 piece on the Celtics. Who still don't really have another center. That's that's a nice job by Danny Ainge right there. Man, I'm I'm pretty happy with the Celtics uh, Celtics draft. Uh, they selected Aaron uh, Naismith, uh, a wing from Vanderbilt. Uh, pretty good shooter, good good off the catch and jump, uh, catch and shoot. Um, personally, what what I would have done, I probably would have went R.J. Hampton or Azubuki. Um, maybe, but you know, their people are a lot small, uh, smarter than I am. So I was pretty happy. The thing that really, that won the draft for me was the Celtics are re- reunited with Aaron Baines, baby. Really? Yes, sir. I'm pretty sure we traded, um, a pick to Phoenix for him. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that, but that would be huge if they could get Baines back. I mean, for all I know, it could be a fever dream, but I swear the Celtics traded for Baines. Yeah, they could they could use him big time. They got decimated by Bam in the playoffs. They need another. They big need time. a. They need a center with like girth and size and strength. I like Tice, but that that's not what he's good at. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he's good, but you know, we need depth. We need backups. So it is what it is. I'm hoping that it'll it'll make a difference. He's a good locker room guy too. So. Oh yeah. Um, what did you think about your Los Angeles Lakers? Well, they basically used their pick on Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like it. I hate to see uh, pieces of the championship team go with how close that team was, how uh, tight-knit that team was. Everyone on the team loved each other. Um, Like, they'll be better on the court, but I do really believe that that off-court camaraderie stuff really does matter. I I think it really manifested itself in the bubble where um, they're – really, it was just – you're with your teammates the entire time. So if you like your teammates and maybe you have a better chance at winning uh, in a, in an environment like that. Uh, so it was tough to see Danny green get uh, traded tough to see Quinn cook get released yesterday at the facility for mo- pro- mostly for monetary reasons. Um, but Dennis Schroeder feels a need that was, lacking for pretty much the entirety of the season until Rondo came back in the playoffs and balled out the way he did uh, as being able to actually create 
off the dribble, off the bench. Uh, and Dennis Schroeder, no, he, he'll be able to do that at any point. He had a couple big games against the Rockets in the playoffs for OKC. He had one of the better seasons ever coming off the bench as a score. He was great in the clutch. I think he was like seventh or something in like net rating off the bench or points off the bench in clutch minutes or something like that. Um, so I, I, I like, I really like the move. Um, just bolster up the team to get that title defense ready to roll. I, I think it was a good move by the Lakers. I'm with you on that. I think, um, they did their their good uh, move, I would say. I think it was a good move on uh, Philadelphia's part, too, to go get Danny Green from Oklahoma City. I think I think Philly had one of the better drafts of the night. I agree. 100% wholeheartedly agree. Because what, what they need is shooting. Crazy how you get shooting and all of a sudden you can make Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons fit together better. Um, and, you, and you trade Al out of town. And too. Al Horford's out of there, which they needed to get rid of him. He just was not a fit with that team at not, all. Not from the jump. So they get they get Danny Green. They get Seth Curry, who is has one of the best shooting percentages from three in NBA history. Uh, they draft one of my guys from the draft, Tyrese and Maxey, with the 21st pick. Get a guard who can actually create for himself off the dribble, which again they did not have last year. Um, and Seth Curry will be able to do some of that as well. And they draft in the second round one of our guys from Fayetteville, Arkansas, University of Arkansas, Woo Pig Suey, baby, Isaiah Joe in the second round, another dead eye shooter. So I love what the I love what the Sixers did in this draft. Daryl Daryl Morey, maybe he's pretty good at this, you know, team building stuff. Hey, absolutely, one of the best in the business for sure. Um, I got a couple of questions uh, regarding the draft before we move on to uh, some other things. So, what is your thoughts on the Bulls taking uh, Patrick Williams? I'm I'm okay with it. I like it because in this draft from the top three on, there wasn't. There's not really anyone that like stands out. It's really more so like if you really like this guy, then you take that guy. You know. Yeah. But um, Patrick Williams, he probably has the most upside of the group, and the Bulls kind of already have. They already have a pr- pretty nice young core. Kobe White, Zach Levine, Lowry Markinen, Wendell Carter. So why not take the shot in a draft where there isn't really much, many clear-cut prospects, you know? Absolutely. And not. Uh, Williams has a ton of upside. I feel he's just really raw. He's going to take a lot of time. And I believe... He's what the second youngest player in this draft. Really, I did not know I, that. I actually. believe I believe so. So I'm I'm cool with that with that flyer. I'm cool with it. Okay, I was a little shocked by it, but knowing that it has your seal of approval, you know that that carries a little weight to me. 
I mean, it's, I mean, the our our the GM of the Bulls, whose name I cannot <laughs> pronounce well right now. If it's got his stamp of approval, then um, that's what matters to Mosey, not mine. <laughs> Lord knows, Lord knows how many stuff I get wrong. Hey, happens happens to the best of them. Um, any any other things that stood out to you from draft night? Any points of interest or anything? I think in one more team I want to touch on because I love what they did in the draft is the Dallas Mavericks. Oh. Um, to get Josh Green, uh, wing out of Arizona, 3 and D guy. Um, get Josh Richardson in, a, in the trade, sending Seth Curry over to the Sixers, another 3 and D guy. Then um, – in the second round to start things off, they get Tyrell Terry out of Stanford, who kind of is like Seth Curry. So they can replace him with uh, Terry. And then with uh, one of the six or second round picks that they got back to draft Tyler Bay from Colorado, who uh, many people compare, I've seen compared to Sean Marion. Um Another guy who can defend on the perimeter for a team that was that had, in terms of net rating, the best offense in NBA history, uh, but were just severely lacking on defense to bolster up the defensive end of the floor while also uh, keeping shooting around Luka and Porzingis. I, I, I really liked what they did personally. Hmm. I uh, I wasn't. I didn't really have an opinion of the the what is his name, Jalen Green, Josh Green, Josh Green, Josh Green. Yeah, I, I honestly wasn't really. I don't really have a, an opinion on him, negative or positive. So I'm excited to see how he does, and if he's a defensive, uh, you know, clamper for the Mavs, that's that's a very big step in the right direction for them. They they need they need one of those pretty badly. Dorian Finney-Smith and Porzingis can't guard everybody. True that, brother. True that. Um. So the next thing that we're going to talk about, uh, we'll talk about a little Thursday night football. Um, the Seattle Seahawks hosted the Arizona Cardinals last night. Uh, a little battle of Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson. I'm just going to start us off right now with a very hard question, Siobhan. Right now, you're building a franchise. Are you going Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray? Ooh, man. That's crazy. That's a tough one. I guess it, I guess it would depend if um... – how long how long do you want your window to be yeah uh because i think russell wilson gives you the better shot he's i mean he's won a super bowl before um he'll i think he's surely an mvp candidate maybe his struggles the last couple of weeks um, up until yesterday maybe mahomes gets an edge there this year but um he is older. Kyler is – he might be, like, 10 years younger. I'm not exactly sure what the age difference is there. I think I would probably take Russell Wilson just because of his experience for now. But if you want to go Kyler Murray, I'm not holding 
I'm not holding you against that at all. His his future is immensely bright. I I think I'm with you on that. I think I go Russ by a hair, but yeah, like you said, I mean, if someone picked Murray, that's how oh, I respect that. That's a damn good answer too. So, um, so. A, uh, a couple of things that stood out to me when watching the game. Uh, the very first thing is that the Seahawks desperately need to get their starting center healthy. Um, Damian Lewis, number 68, he was a rookie, had never played center at the NFL level. I mean, obviously, but he, play, he played guard. And he made so many fuck-ups last night that it was incredible. Uh there was one play where everyone moved except for the, except center. For the center. Yeah. So uh, that's always great to see. Uh, always, always add some comedic relief to an NFL game. Um, I believe he got called for holding quite a bit as well. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough spot to ask someone like him on a short week to do that. But I mean, they still won. So Good, good, good enough, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, Russell Wilson continues to dominate uh, primetime games. Uh, Right now, out of players or quarterbacks, excuse me, that have played at least 20 primetime games, uh, he has the best winning percentage. Uh, He's at 77%. Steve Young is at 76%. Joe Montana is at 73%. Peyton Manning is at 72%. But it should be noted, I will say, Peyton Manning probably has double the amount of primetime games played as everyone on that list. So his his carries a little bit more weight. So Russell Wilson is 28, 8, and 1. But Peyton Manning is 47 and 18 in primetime games. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... uh, it's pretty impressive. I saw that one. I had to share. That was a Brainiac factoid if I've ever heard one. Absolutely. Uh, it'd be a shame if we didn't mention um, how big of a game this was for Seattle. It was a division game. The Rams, the Seahawks, and the uh, Cardinals were all tied for first. So for them to be able to – because they had lost three in their last four or four of their last five. I mean, they, they kind of – they were desperate for a win. Yeah, and on top of that, they've lost to the Cardinals and the Rams. So, in terms of getting uh, the tiebreaker in their division, to, last night was almost a must-win game. They're, the Seahawks are 2-2 two and two in their division. Um, Rams are 1-1 one and one in the division, and the Cardinals are 2-1 and one in the division. So, anytime you can win a division game, it's a must-win game, and it was last night for Seattle because they need they're they're going to need that home field advantage, even if the those uh, fans aren't going to be in the stadium in the playoffs. I can't imagine that, even though their defense has played better the last uh, couple of weeks or so. I can't imagine that they're going to be able to win many road games with that defense. Yeah, their defense is definitely on the lower end of the uh, points allowed category for sure. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how far they can how far they can go in the playoffs. I think they're gonna. I mean, they're definitely a contender in the NFC, but 
Uh, just depends on if they can get healthy and how they can do. The Absolutely. One thing, the one thing that last night, I don't know what it was, but it bugged me so bad. I'm curious, Siobhan, uh, what you thought. And if anyone else thought this too, just let us know. Brainiac Sports, Twitter, website, whatever you like. Um, they did not, they being Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, if, if they didn't go longer than 30 seconds without putting DK's pee-pee in their mouth. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. DK, get the throw to DK. Oh, my God. DK, wow. And I was like, dude, there are other players on this field. Like, good Lord. Um, it was interesting. I heard last night. So, this was DK Metcalf's fourth game playing the Cardinals in his career. The first three games combined, he had three catches for 29 yards. Jeez. Yeah. So, he had a big – I mean, he had an okay game. I mean, he had a touchdown, a couple of big catches, big plays. He had um, a big pass interference uh, draw on Patrick Peterson, too. That's true. That's that led a to one. a touchdown, I believe. Yeah, that was a big, big, big one. Um, I mean, it was a great game. I mean, I'd say that was uh, maybe in the top five best games so far this season. Well, in that top five would be the first time these two met whenever DK Metcalf chased down, uh, did his best LeBron impersonation and chased down Buda Baker from a pick six. Oh my Which Lord. probably, I, I still think that might be the play of the year if it's not uh, the DeAndre Hopkins, Hail Mary, yeah, Hail Murray, I, I should say. say. Yeah, that's that's in the discussion as well. That was a phenomenal game. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I also I... think um, the man, the corner, I think it was Dre Kirkpatrick who tried to get some smoke from DK Metcalf. Um. I, I wonder, did he see that chase down tackle? Because the last thing I think anyone in the world would want to do is try and get get those hands from DK Metcalf. Because I don't know if he's seen what DK Metcalf looks like with his body, but Lord Almighty, if he if he even touched me, he would probably dislocate my shoulder. Oh, for so. sure. I'm, yeah, I'm evaporating it to dust the second he touches me. So, so um, that that does not seem like a good idea to try and uh, try and mess with DK Metcalf. I I would highly advise against it. Of course, the NFL didn't call a penalty on him, uh, Metcalf, but you know it's okay. Uh, you know, just they love him. He's getting the superstar treatment. Congratulations for him. That's a big uh, big thing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I definitely think uh, the Cardinals are going to be a good team for the for the next years to come. I love Murray. I love Hopkins. I love uh, their coach, uh, Kingber- Kingsbury or whatever. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, the Chandler Jones coming back soon next year. Um, I mean, Isaiah I think, Simmons has started to come along as well. Their first round pick. Very true out of Clemson. He's looking like a dog. I mean, so I think I think that they're going to be a team to mess with um, the next couple of years for sure. They they got the the rookie quarterback on the rookie scale contract. So if now we're if if there ever was a time for the Cardinals to compete, it would be like right now. Yeah, and Kyler Murray's already shown he's he's re- ready. He's ready to lead a team into a pl- into the playoffs. So they are definitely going to be a team 
a, a very fun team to watch for the next few years. For Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Um, so any other games that you like for week 11, Shervon? Uh, games that I like for this week. Uh, I think the my Green Bay Packers playing the Indianapolis Colts will be a fun one yeah, to watch. Um, I'm interested to see what Taysom Hill looks like as a quarterback. That's an exciting because one. Uh, we got we got news before uh, recording today that Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints this week. Um, many, myself included, have absolutely railed Sean Payton in the Saints for continuing to trot out Taysom Hill as this gadget guy. Whenever you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees, you have a guy. Uh, one of the one of the best running backs in the league and Alvin Kamara you have Michael Thomas one of the best receivers in the league that like why the hell are you giving it to this guy to just run into your offensive line for four yards when you can do much more with the weapons that you have at your disposal this guy is uh playing uh, as a tight end as a special teams gunner like how the hell is he are we supposed to believe that this guy is a franchise quarterback, as Sean Payton and the Saints say. I think I've always thought that was a bunch of bogus. But maybe he, maybe what happens if he plays well? I'm, act, I'm kind of intrigued to see what happens. I'm definitely excited to see how he does. Um, very interested. I mean, for all my fantasy football players out there, uh, if he is tight end eligible in your league and he is available, you play him at tight end no matter what. Absolutely. It may you, your league may not like it, but if you have the chance, then have no shame at all in playing T- Taysom Hill at at your tight end. Don't blame don't blame Taysom Hill. Blame uh blame uh the website that lets him play tight end. A hundred. Please do that. A hundred percent. As a wise man once said, Shervon, don't hate the player, hate the game. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll be a fun game, uh, Falcons-Saints. Uh, and I also like um, Packers-Colts. Uh, I think the last – not the last game. I mean, there's a plenty of good games. I like Dolphins-Broncos. Um, there's plenty of good ones. But the one that really has my intrigue is uh, Titans-Ravens. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. The, pl- uh, the playoff rematch. Playoff rematch. Both teams need a win. Ravens need a win to keep pace with the Steelers. Uh, Titans want revenge for their last game. So uh, I think that'll be a fun one. I think that'll be a really good one to watch. Uh, it's a noon game. They're, it's in uh, Baltimore. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see if the if uh, Greg Roman can get the offense rolling. This is a good – the Titans defense isn't a, partic- a particularly strong unit. So hopefully Lamar Jackson or Greg Roman can get Lamar Jackson more comfortable. I've Lamar Jackson has taken a lot of heat for this season, not being um, as wonderful as last season was, but I think the, the coordinator is um, deserves some blame for that as well. Most of it, I would say um, for that and for, Marquise Hollywood Brown just being 
just like irrelevant. Him and Mark Andrews have been basically irrelevant this year. Um, I don't know if that's them being over in in over their heads in terms of role. Be, uh, if that's just the coordinator not getting them in the right spots. Uh, part of it is Lamar Jackson has just been flat missing them. So I would like to see the Ravens get back into last season's groove and hopefully they could do that with this game because their schedule is pretty nice down the stretch absolutely um i mean it's going to be a great week for nfl and for college as well um i mean it's just great to have football you gotta love it oh yeah got to love it uh, so guys, we're gonna, we're gonna move on to our last segment here, uh, where it's called best bets of the weekend. Um, obviously from how we did last time, it wasn't the best bets of the weekend. Uh, hopefully we can, uh, turn that around today. <laughs> um, so last time we did this, Shervon and I picked three games each and we saw we would, you know, give our prediction. And then we would flip a coin if the coin agreed or disagreed. So here are the records. I had an impressive record of zero correct, three incorrect. Uh, Shervon had a better record, uh, one correct, two incorrect. And the coin had two correct with four incorrect. So we kind of got smoked by the coin. Um so what you're telling me is an inanimate object is uh, twice as good as picking games as us combined. Uh, correct. Okay. Yeah. That's Just perfect. to make sure all the listeners at home know that. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> uh, it, can, uh, it can only get better from here. 100% for me, for sure. For me, for sure. <laughs> so we're going to do uh, bets for the weekend of November 20th to November 22nd. Um, I got my three games. Siobhan, I'll go ahead and rip them off to you. Uh, okay. Game number one, uh, Coastal Carolina going against Appalachian State. They've never beaten Appalachian State in their program's history, uh, but I think that's going to change. They're 7-0, number 16 in the nation. The line is minus 5.5, Coastal Carolina. Give me Coastal Carolina. Go Chanticleers! Hey. One of the better team names in uh, in college in college sports, the Chanticleers. That is a good one. That is a good one, honestly. Um, my second bet I'm going to be doing this weekend is I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins money line uh, just to win straight up. For those of you that don't understand betting terminology, um, Miami started out one and three with their losses being against the Pats, the Bills, the Seahawks. So, so good teams, except for the Patriots, you know, um, but they've won five straight since, uh, I really like Tua. I think he's doing great. Uh, they're playing the Broncos. Broncos are just really stinky. Uh, Drew Locke is potentially out for the game. If not already ruled out, um, I think Brian Flores, the coach, former Patriots coach, is doing a great job on the defense to make them, you know, at least uh, all right. So um, they're good. Yeah. They're they're just flat good. Yeah, I mean, their defense absolutely. So I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be taking Miami in that one, Shervon, uh, straight up. 
I, I love it. Brian Flores, I think the one Bill Belichick disciple that actually learned something from Bill Belichick. Pretty much. Pretty much. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, the third and final pick uh, for my, for Pops's uh, best bets of the weekend. Uh, I'm going to take Ohio State minus 20. Uh, they're playing Indiana Hoosiers. They've been really good. The Hoosiers, like, sneaky good. Um, Ohio State has beaten Indiana 24 straight times. Um, Ohio State is just a whole nother breed of, of university, just higher tier players. And I think that I think that it's good value, which is crazy to say when you're laying 20 points, uh, considering Ohio State didn't play last week. And then I think they put 60 plus up in their last two games or something crazy. They've been really good. So I'm going to take Ohio State minus 20. I like that. I like that a lot. So before we get into your pick, uh, picks, Siobhan, we're going to go ahead and uh, see how Mr. Washington feels about these games. Okay. Uh, All right. So we'll say we are heads. So heads is agree. Tails is disagree. So for Coastal Carolina – is a disagree. Not good. Uh-oh. Uh, Miami money line. Disagree. Oh, you might you might be getting a game on him. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, an old George. Okay. And who? Coin agreed with me on Ohio State. So. Oh, there you go. There you go. So, Siobhan, tell our lovely audience, what are your weekend best bets? Uh, first bet, I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs minus eight um, for a multitude of reasons. One is just who would want to bet against Patrick Mahomes? I sure as hell uh-uh, don't want to do that. No um, number two, the Raiders, I believe the their entire starting defense had to get placed on the COVID list this week and so they haven't been practicing all week i think you might need to practice when you play against patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs uh so there's that and that de- that defense isn't particularly great to begin with um and number three reason is they are coming off a of bye week andy reed coming off a of bye week in the regular season i believe is 18 and three. Wow. So, and another reason is the Raiders beat the Chiefs uh, earlier this year. I think they're going to want to enact revenge. I sure as hell would. So, give me everything with the Chiefs this week. Team totals, everything. But for this particular purpose, I'll just take the Chiefs minus eight. Okay, so uh, for my next bet of the week, I am gonna roll. I'm gonna roll with some college football action. I'm gonna take Northwestern plus seven and a half at home against number ten Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Northwestern has been pretty good on the year. 
Big Ten football tends to get uh, ugly at times, let's say. Uh, I could, I think this game could be a low-scoring, um, just a old-fashioned Big Ten uh, mud fight of a game. So if that's the case, I think Wisconsin, Northwestern at home can cover seven and a half points. Um, they're getting seven and a half points. So it would be Northwestern plus seven and a half. I don't think Wisconsin wins by a touchdown. So, or more than a touchdown. So I'll take Northwestern uh, and the points at home for my second bet of the week. I like that pick a lot. Um, I think Northwestern has beaten them for the last six years, actually. Interesting. I did not know that. So yeah, there's even, even even more reason to take the points with Northwestern at home. Um, so for my last bet, I'm going to get a little wonky here. Um, NFL action. I think the Cowboys can cover set plus seven against the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. It's uh, it's a little ugly, but um, Minnesota, if they tend to get out to a lead, they typically tend to run the ball. So I don't know if they'll be putting up – they'll be running up the score on the Cowboys. Uh, Andy Dalton should be back, uh, should give them at least competent quarterback play as opposed to uh, Ben DiNucci, the Ben DiNucci experience from Sunday Night Football a couple <laughs> years ago. Um, the Cowboys were able to uh, own, only lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers by five points before their bye week with Ezekiel Elliott banged up. Uh, they are now off the bye week with a better quarterback than Garrett Gilbert from that week. In uh, Andy Dalton, and they're now off the bye week while the Vikings are on a short week after playing on Monday Night Football. So I think I think Andy Dalton can at least uh, have the Cowboys lose within seven points. So I'll take Dallas plus seven. I like it. You got some dogs in your uh, picks, and I like the Chiefs mm-hmm. pick a lot. So. I like that. I think uh, I think we'll get the winning percentage up a little bit at least. I sure hope so. We can't let we can't let a, a damn coin beat us. I mean, come on. Speaking of uh, good old Mister George, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and flip, and we'll see what the coin has to say about your fate, Shervon. All right. So the coin disagrees with uh, the Chiefs, so they will be taking the Raiders and the points. Um, okay. Northwestern is a disagree. Yikes. Uh oh. That's not good. That's not good for me. And then Cowboys agree. Okay. So, all right. So, you know, we had the same disagree, disagree, agree. So we'll see. So we could make up some ground on the coin, sure. Oh, yeah. We could get some room big time on, on the coin. Hopefully. Hopefully. Man. Hopefully. If not, then we are even more idiots than we put, uh, than we think we are <laughs> and i believe it i wouldn't shock me any man not at all not at, it wouldn't shock me either just to recap for everyone at home our six bets are coastal carolina minus five and a half miami money line ohio state minus 20 chiefs minus eight northwestern plus seven and a half 
and Cowboys plus seven. Those are your best bets of the weekend featuring uh, the Braniac brothers brought to you by the Braniac brothers. I should say, um, Siobhan, a pleasure as always doing this with you, my man. Always, always a treat. Uh, you got any shout outs or anything? Uh, a shout out to you, the listener again for, um, for uh, treating us well on launch week. So shouts to y'all shouts to y'all. Hopefully we can keep, keep you guys attention with how short attention spans are these days. So. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, I, uh, I second that, uh, man, I appreciate everyone for listening. Everyone who's been supporting us uh, once again, Check us out on BraniacSports.com. We'll be having articles and links to the blog, uh, to podcasts and all sorts of stuff. So if you ever want to check our content, you can check us out on Twitter at Braniac underscore sport or uh, Braniac underscore sports or uh, the website BraniacSports.com. Um, it was a pleasure doing this podcast for everyone listening. Um, I'm Shervon. I'm not sure when we're going to do the next episode. Hopefully we'll do it soon. But if it's not before Thanksgiving, I want you to have a very happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, buddy. Absolutely. To you, to you as well and to the listeners as well. 100%. Everyone be safe, be smart. And uh, most of all, just take a minute to take a deep breath and kind of relax and unwind. You know, we, got a, we all got a lot of stuff going on and just nice to try to, to decompress a little bit. So everyone just take a deep breath and uh, you'll get through whatever you got going on on your plate. You'll get through it. Absolutely. Uh, Siobhan, once again, pleasure as always, my brother. All right. Pleasure has been mine. Hey, absolutely. Everyone take care. Thank you guys for listening to the Brainiac Sports Lab podcast. Peace.